welcome to Incremental's podcast channel, Podreader Podcast. In our podcast series, we're all mad here. I, Maor Sadra, CEO and Emperor of Incremental, talk with people from all around the industry about pretty much whatever comes to mind. The interviews are set in a very casual way, and typically I don't even share questions in advance. In today's episode, I spoke with Pau from Binance. Pau is a seasonal marker that knows what it's like doing UA at a hypergrowth company. We spoke a lot about seasonality, trends, and incrementality for a nice change. I really enjoyed having this interview and hope you'll have fun listening to it. Hello, Pau. How are you? Hey, Maor. Thanks for having me. I'm very well. Thank you. You're going you're gonna to be having a very busy day today, huh? I know, man. Yeah, living in one hour. Um, it's, I was calculating it. It's going to be around 48 or 50 hours at trip. I get to go back from. Yeah. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Okay, well, I, I wish you safe and, uh, and relaxing travel uh, back to uh, back home and back to Europe. And, Pao, would you like to introduce yourself, give, uh, give background, you know, feel free to go lengthy on who are you and how did you end up where you are? Sure. So, hi, everyone. This is Pao, and I am a performance marketing manager for Binance, which is uh, a crypto exchange out there, one of the top players in the industry right now. Um, I've been working here for like eight to nine months now, even though it looks like much longer, I got to say. Um, I can talk a little bit more about that, but before that, let me yeah, just tell you how did I end up being here. Um, I used to be a graphic designer. I used to be a lot into, you know, photography. I did motion design. I even did 3D at some point. And I did really like that. Uh, I was gonna, I was working as a freelancer there and I was feeling like, you know, um, this is what I want to do. Um, but that was until I did get uh, the chance to become an intern for an advertising agency for a marketing agency in uh, the United States. Um, and that was kind of an eye-opening experience for me, basically because I, uh, I saw that I cannot, I am not good at basing my decisions based on, uh, my own criteria. Uh, I am not good at relying on my own creativity. I like making marketing decisions based on data, uh, based on the numbers. There's for me, nothing better than coming into a meeting, uh, you know, in which decisions it would make to be made and you're backed up by strong, reliable data. There is nothing that can uh, contradict a good set of data. Um, so yeah, basically I took the internship. I was like, nope, that's not for me. I'm going to change my plans. I still do like marketing growth uh, and focusing on the uh, user experience and so on. Um, so let's try this thing of performance marketing. I took a master's, um, then I got a job in the food delivery uh, industry back in Barcelona. I did really enjoy that. I feel like that was a, such a unique and, you know, such an insightful experience. I could learn so much by just doing a little bit of everything, SEO, uh, paid ads, uh, sorry, paid social, paid research. Uh, we did manage a CRM. We did manage our referral program as well. <laughs> we did, it was just such a small team. We could do pretty much uh, everything that is neat is done to be done in the, in the field. Um, and it was after two years that I got the job now on Binance and I am, yeah, now just got uh, straight into the crypto industry uh, and I'm loving it so far. It's been such a bright, uh, but such a great experience so far. Interesting. And you know, I think you're the first, uh, first um, like performance marketer slash UA that I've met that actually comes from the creative side. Um, and th- there is a generic question I always ask you in this interview series that I actually wasn't really thinking to ask you, but I'm going to now like, of course, ask you, 
for you, is marketing more of an art or a science? I would say I would stick to the answer that your other guest, Kathy, have been giving you so far. And I would say that it's a bit of a mix. Yes, I strongly believe that uh, you require a bit of both uh, for you to succeed in your marketing efforts. Um, nevertheless, one of those fields relies more on the other one. I think that the artistic side of it takes more of a, a bigger role when it comes to succeeding or not on your efforts. Um, let me explain that. You could have the greatest creative out there, but if you don't know what you're doing, if you're not measuring properly, or if you're just looking at the wrong metrics, if you're just looking at, you know, uh, uh, biased CTRs or you're just have a problem of attribution out there, you might just not know that this is a high performer uh, creative. Whereas, you know, um, I would say it's very important to have your data set, right? Um, your, your, your attribution to get, to get that right, to be able to measure efficiently. Uh, but ultimately, it's up to having uh, a good understanding of your user um, and being able to translate this into impactful creatives, uh, engaging creatives. And yeah, I would say that that would be ultimately the key uh, for your success. Cool. And so... You, you mentioned you worked in food delivery, which is, you know, hyper growth, extremely seasonal, okay, highly affected by seasonality. And I guess for Binance, it's also similar. And I, I actually just recently, I think last week, posted an article specifically about seasonality in marketing. Now, there, kind of like my question, you know, working um, in a in crypto exchange, um, which I'm assuming there is a strong influence between what's happening on the crypto markets um, versus your marketing performance. How do you differentiate? Like, what is marketing versus what is market? It's very hard to answer this question uh, for a handful of reasons. I do think that we're extremely tied to the market conditions. I wouldn't call it seasonality necessarily. I tend to think of seasonality as for, you know, it is winter, it is summer, it's Christmas, therefore uh, e-commerce sales go up. Uh, it is summer now, so, uh, you know, people are on vacation and therefore tourism uh, is up. Um, I we do think about it. We do think about seasonality in terms of market conditions and the state of market, and it's it's very hard to tell because you know there there seems to be a quite of a strong correlation between the price of Bitcoin, for instance, or how the or or, or what the markets are doing, and how uh, efficient our marketing efforts are. Of course, we're still learning uh, day after day, and we're we're improving uh, our efforts over time. Um, based on the learnings that we get. But at the end of the day, if the market is going through a crypto winter, kind of like what we're going through right now, uh, it's, it gets more complicated. It gets more difficult to get a proper return on your efforts. But again, for, for you, like let's say when the market is up, okay, then when the market is up and then for sure, I would say more people are coming in uh, um, to, to use a product, especially in new customers as well. How then do you differentiate what was as a result of your marketing performance? Like, let's say, again, you're increasing ad spend. Do you attribute that, uh, like, additional um, users coming into the app to the increase in ad spend or to the market? Um, I think there's different approaches that you can adopt here uh, you can take the approach of um all right so the market is doing great so let's just go and double down and spend double and push and try to you know 
ride the wave or you can just be more, be more defensive here. Um, I, it's very, you know, you know, it's very hard to tell because I feel like, um, the crypto industry is, 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 is going through a unique point, uh, in time, um, meaning that this is such a new, a new industry. It's, it's exploding. Uh, it, Binance is only four years old company. Um, and it's going through, you know, so, so just so much, um, out there. It's very hard to get the learnings when things are evolving so rapidly. And again, you mentioned it. I'm, I'm coming from the food delivery industry, which I, we could get the chance to experience hyper growth by ourselves, which was, which was insane just to see, you know, expanding to one country here, one country there, uh, one week was different than the next one. So it's, I feel like it's very hard. It's very, it's all super complicated to get proper learnings, uh, over what you are doing, your marketing efforts. Um, when the context is changing all the time. Um, let me think about your question though. If the market is, if we're in a bullish market and everybody's just getting into crypto, like what happened a few months ago, um, ultimately, and given, given, you know, everything that is going on in terms of that attribution, especially for mobile apps and so on, you, you're forced to rely on different models of attribution to be able to assess, um, that particular question. Um, and we do tend to rely a lot on incrementality for that, um, which kind of sets the ground for more of a neutral, uh, more of a neutral, uh, scenario for you to test and to probably understand if your, your, uh, returns are profitable or not. I know that, that I actually learned also from the food delivery, cause we do work with some food delivery companies as well. And I was like positively surprised that like incrementality measurement for them was an obvious just because again, they expect that, you know, um, bad weather, people order more good weather, people order less. Um, I see it the same with like various other industries, but to be fair, personally, I think that like every industry has some, some kind of a, I call it seasonality, but like coefficient, something external that influences their marketing in a very, very strong way. And like, you know, for those instances, essentially like click-based attribution, again, it's, it's like fine, but it's like, it doesn't really cover that. Essentially, like click-based attribution will just tell you, yeah, you're getting a lot more users just because it's like, you know, peak seasonality. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why we need to try to rely on different methods of attribution. Yeah. We would do not slick and I would tell you, yeah, great. Um, you're doing great on search. Um, search volumes are increasing. Uh, not only in this country or this other, but just globally, everybody's just getting into crypto now. So great. Okay, and just be us the ones who ride the wave. But then you cross it with another method of attribution. You just run incrementality test and you're like, oh, maybe we're just cannibalizing ourselves and eating our organic, you know? Maybe your firm just not doing as well as we did and we would be better off spending that money in uh, another initiatives. You know, actually, because of that, I used to always think that the best pricing model to buy media is actually CPM, okay? Like while on the other hand, like as a, as a marketer, you would like to reduce your risk and essentially pay for performance, CPI, CPA, rev share even, but, um, essentially because of like external seasonality playing such a big part, if you actually pay for performance, you end up not just cannibalizing in terms of giving, giving credit, you actually cannibalizing in terms of paying for literally what you would be getting for free. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very curious about what you said about CPM though. Um, how would you say it's the benefit of running CPM against CPC, CPA? 
So when you pay for CPM, when you pay for the inventory, you don't pay more or less just because more users convert. Um, you, you control the media pricing, okay? You control the cost. And again, if you look at the biggest platforms, Facebook, Google, and so on, they're all running on a CPM model. Yes, they have a, like a, a ROAS goal or a TCPI or TCPA or target basically, but in the reality is actually just about, um, it's just about the media costs. Fintech exploded in the last decade. Um, like I've been in this marketing technology space for a bit more than 20 years. Obviously, again, we had websites, you know, we did have fast internet, but like Fintech wasn't really there. Okay, like in the in the dawn of the desktop days. What is it about mobile that basically made fintech explode? I, I, is it even related in your view? Yes, definitely. Um, I would say accessibility is the main one here. Just the fact that you are able to pull up your phone and in 20 seconds just exchange currencies, uh, just invest in stocks, not not just to say on in crypto, but you know, buy some NFTs, uh, trade it, uh, just trade with somebody in the other side of the world uh, at the touch and finger. That's definitely what, uh, what was the tipping point of it, you know. And then what about trust? What about trust? You know, it's like, um, so obviously, like when you're dealing with a financial product, you're dealing with people's actual money, sometimes even access to bank account. It's uh, does require a lot of trust. Again, so there... How does marketing play a part? And B, how does mobile play a part? So in our case, something that we're trying to advocate a lot for is, um, especially when it comes to crypto investing, it's not that much about storing your funds. Um, it's more about, you know, when it comes to actually put my money and give my money to an external platform that I don't really know who, who these people are. I don't know what are they doing with it. I don't know how secure it is. Um, we do advocate a lot for something that we call, uh, that is called in the industry as do your own research. That stands, uh, that's D-Y-O-R. Um, and by that, what we mean is um, before you put your money into someone else, not even an app, not even a website, not even a bank, even, you need to be aware of what are you doing with it or who's handling it or, you know, in which project are you putting it. Uh, and that's especially important uh, for crypto projects. There's just so many projects out there that, you know, um, unfortunately didn't go so well. Um, there's lots of people that did lose their money, but that is because, um, you know, you need to be aware of where is this ending? Uh, you know, what is the project that is behind it, who is backing it up and so on. So the marketing approach that we're adopting towards that is we try to educate our users to make sure that they are not going into, in, into this, right? So that they know what are they doing with, with the funds. Um, we do that by, you know, expanding our Binance Academy product, uh, which is a full, uh, a full collection of articles, quizzes, and uh, just general educational materials uh, for the users to, to understand what's going on up there. Um, and this gets reflected also in most of our marketing communications. Uh, we, try to, we try to leverage this, uh, not only in ads, but Throughout, throughout most of our communications. Um, so this is this is our understanding, the way that uh, we can leverage this trust that the users put in uh, in platforms like Binance or any kind of other kind of trader trading platform. One, one big thing that changed in the last year was, of course, the access to user-level data. Uh, you know, Apple killed the IDFA, and we know that Google is going to do the same with the Android ID. Now, 
this affected not just your ability to track, it was it also affected your ability to target users. Now, did you need to adapt to this new reality or were you guys actually kind of already ready given the fact that you were already thinking about incrementality measurement and probably practicing it? Yes, so as I was saying earlier, we do rely quite a lot on incrementality testing and we believe that this would be um, our way uh, of solving this problem. Sometimes, sometimes you know, I, I don't think that this is about getting extremely right. It's not about, you know, um, getting the exact, uh, the seven rows, the 30 rows, knowing uh, the exact lifetime value uh, of this particular user at the source, at the country, at the language level. Um, sometimes the more simple that you go, um, and as long as you feel comfortable with the right setup that you have, um, that would be the right way of, of, of getting there, of being able to see in the, the bigger picture and to, um, you know, to get the, to get the proper understanding that you're, you're trying to achieve. The way that we do this is by, um, combining different attribution models, call it last click, uh, combined with incremental, uh, incrementality, just to make sure that, you know, we're not cannibalizing our own users and that, um, we don't have control over, um, um, over the marketing efforts. Cool. And Pao, what piece of advice would you give someone trying to get into performance marketing in today's world? I would say be ready to something that, that I've heard you saying quite a lot actually is uh, adopt change as the only constant. Um, I've only been in this industry for like four years now and it feels like things are completely different than when I started. And, you know, look like when I started, um, all these uh, rumors about IDFA deprecation were already there when I started. Um, so it feels like a very short time frame. I can only imagine what you have been through uh, in, in your career. But um, that would be my, my first one, just be ready to adopt change. Um, and second one, something that I'm trying to adopt myself quite a lot is um, be proactive when it comes to learning. Precisely because of that, because you cannot accommodate yourself to uh, the present situation, because this is more likely to change. Call it GM, call it the ID application from Google, call it the sandbox, or any of the things that are coming up now. Um, you are forced to stay up to date uh, constantly. So, precisely because this is only happening as we speak, there is not really so many resources out there that you can look up and be like, oh, okay, so if I just read this article or this, uh, somebody's gonna come and teach me and I'll be fine. Um, you should be the one who does your research uh, often, who looks for, you know, um, interesting or um, let's say trustworthy sources, like proper newsletter, proper Slack channels, proper Twitter accounts. And that would be the way of staying up to date and not miss anything. Um, and I feel like that's what really makes a difference between just, you know, um, becoming uh, uh, more old school, let's say, or losing track of uh, what's going on in the industry or really being uh, way ahead of the competitors or just, you know, just staying up to date and make sure that you are um, making the most out of um, out of uh, all the changes that are happening, right? And it's funny, so when I, when I was in the desktop days, I used to say that like days in marketing technology are counted in dog years, like seven years. And I think that when I switched to mobile, it's, it's like ants years. It's like a one year is equivalent to 
20 years, I think. It moves so fast. So I think that basically I should be saying that I'm, I'm like in my career for about 250 years. That's, that's how it feels like. <laughs> and indeed, it, change, it changes all the time. Any shout outs you want to do for like uh, places where people like should be signed up on, like, I don't know, newsletters you do follow, uh, communities you do follow, any shout outs? Um, I found the mobile that memo to be super useful. Um, I take this more of a high end source of information. Um, for sure, they should um, subscribe to the incremental newsletter, I would say. <laughs> No jokes. Uh, I, I do find really useful when you're writing more. So uh, that's definitely one on my um, must list. Um, yeah, what else? Um, the guys from the Mancorp, I think they're doing a great job as well. Great weekly newsletter, great Slack channel, great community. Um, these are my main top sources, I would say. Cool. And thanks for the uh, thanks for the compliment. Yeah, I do. I do really try to like put articles out there that are like unbiased and educational. I learned that from Andy from Feature. I really actually like just today I published like an interview I had with Andy. Like, I would also add Feature like with a PH to the list. Awesome. Jumping, jumping into our lightning round. So in the lightning round, again, we're just going to throw a couple of terms at you. Short answers, what you think, not think, opinion, feelings towards the fingerprinting. Well, um, soon, a thing of the past, maybe. Okay. Now, you mentioned this earlier, and then I added it to my, like, uh, lightning round questions. Deterministic measurement. Let's just say in deterministic measurement that it is useful, but it should not be the only way, in my opinion. It, you should rely on one more than one method of attribution. Cool. Influencer marketing? Uh, great tool. Um, still growing, I think. Um, the way to crush it, I would say, is to pick the right influencers and to pick someone that really resonates with your brand and try not to fall into, you know, um, a situation in which an influencer doesn't really um, resonate with your brand and and try and you can see that it's forced uh, when they're trying to advertise it. And Pao, what's a random fact about you other than the fact that you're about to embark a 30 to 40 hour travel? Um... A random fact about me, I would say I used to work as a blanket dealer in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a few years ago. That's wow, okay. The fun thing about that is that um, I am actually terrible at shuffling, so that is not something that I should be feeling that when I'm playing for the <laughs> Because then they say, like, oh, then you shuffle. I'm like, nope, sorry, not good at it. <laughs> and are you good at the game at least? I'm good at the numbers. I'm good at, you know. Uh, okay, okay. Being able to count what each player hand is and be fast about it. I like the, you know, the, the quick calculation part of it. Um, I still don't want to think that, that there's a big bunk of luck in that, that game. So I don't play it really that often. Okay, cool. And Pao, if people want to follow you or reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, just LinkedIn is fine. Um, Pao Cecilia, uh, you can find me there. Cool. So Pao, thank you so much for your time. I know it's going to be a very, very like stressful, but hopefully not too stressful day for you. Um, wishing you safe travels and we'll catch up soon when you're back in Europe. 
Thanks for having me, Miller. We're going to appreciate it. Cool. Same here.